Alright. This chapter is called Going Out. After breakfast next morning, Pa and Ma packed the wagon. First, all the beds, bedding was made into two beds, laid on top of each other across the back of the wagon, carefully covered with a pretty plaid blanket. Marion, Laura, and baby Carrie would ride there in the daytime. At night, the top bed would be put in front of the wagon for Pa and Ma to sleep in, and Mary and Laura would sleep in the bottom bed where it was. Next, Pa took the small cupboard from the wall, and in it, Ma packed the food and dishes. Pa put the cupboard under the wagon seat, and in the front of it, it laid a corn sack for the horses. It'll make a good rest for our feet, Caroline, he said to Ma, packing all the clothes in two carpet bags and hung them on the wagon boughs instead of inside the wagon. Opposite them hung his rifle in its straps, and his bullet pouch and powder horn hung beneath it. His fiddle in its box laid on one end of the bed, and it would ride softly. Ma wrapped the black iron spider in the bake oven and the coffee pot into sacks and put them in the wagon while Pa tied the rocking chair in the tub outside and hung the water bucket and the horse's bucket underneath. And he put the tiny lantern carefully in front of the wagon box where the sack of corn held it still. Now the, the wagon was loaded. The only thing they could not take was the plow. Well, that could not be helped. There was no room for it. When they came to where they were going, Pa would get more furs and trade them for another plow. Laura and Mary climbed into the wagon and sat in bed in the back. Ma put baby Carrie between them, and they were all freshly washed and combed. And Pa said they were clean as a hound's tooth, and Ma told them they were as bright as new pins. Then Pa hitched Pete and Patty to the wagon, and Ma climbed in her place on the seat and held, held the lines. Suddenly, Laura wanted to see the house again. She asked Pa to please let her out, and so he, or to let her look out. So he loosened the rope in the back of the wagon cover and made the, made a large round hole. Laura and Mary could look out of it, but still the rope held up enough canvas to keep Carrie from tumbling into the feed box. The snug log house looked just as it always had. It did not seem to know they were going away. Pa stood a moment in the doorway and looked all around inside. He looked at the bedstead and the fireplace and the glass windows. Then he cl closed the door carefully, leaving the latch string out. Someone might need shelter, he said. He climbed into his place beside Ma, gathered the reins into his hands, chipped Pete and Patty. Jack went under the wagon. Pete whined to Bunny, who came to walk beside her, and they were off. Just before the creek road went down into the bottoms, Pa stopped the Mustangs. They all looked back, as far as they could see, to the east and to the south and to the west. Nothing was moving on the vastness of the high prairie. 
Only the green grass was rippling in the wind, and the white clouds drifted in the high, clear sky. It's a great country, Caroline Pa said. But there will be wild Indians and wolves here for many a long day. The log house and the little stable sat lonely in the stillness. Then Pete and Patty briskly started onward. The wagon went down from the bluffs into the wooded creek bottoms and into the high treetop a mockingbird began to sing. I never heard a mockingbird sing so early, Ma said Ma, to, and Pa answered softly. He is telling us goodbye. They rode They rode down through the low creek hills to the creek, and the ford was low and easy crossing. On on they went across the bottoms where the antler deer stood, stood up and watched them passing, and mother deer with their fawns bounded into the shadows of the woods. And up between the steep red earth cliffs the wagon climbed to the prairie again. Pete and Patty were eager to go, and their hoofs had made a muffled sound into the bottoms, and now they rang on the hard prairie, and the wind sang shrill against the foremost wagon boughs. Ma and Pa were still and silent on the wagon seat, and Mary and Laura were quiet too. But Laura felt all excited inside. You never know what will happen next. No, where where you'll be tomorrow, when you have are. You will never know where. Sorry, guys. You will never know what will happen next, nor where you will be tomorrow, when you are traveling in a covered wagon. At noon, Pa stopped beside a little spring to let the mustangs eat and drink and rest. The spring would be dry in the summer's heat, but there was plenty of snow water. Ma took cold cornbread and meat from the food box, and they all ate, sitting on the clean grass in the shade of the wagon. They drank from the spring, and Laura and Mary ran around in the grass, picking wildflowers, while Ma tidied the food box, and Pa hitched up Pete and Patty again. Then, for a long time, they went on across the prairie. There was nothing to be seen but the blowing grass, the sky, and the endless wagon track. Now and then a rabbit bounded away. Sometimes a prairie hen with her brood of prairie chicks scuttled out of sight in the grass. Baby Carrie slept, and Mary and Laura were almost asleep when they heard Pa say something. Something's wrong there. Laura jumped up, and far ahead on the prairie she saw a small, light-colored bump. She couldn't see anything else usual. Where? she asked Pa. There, he said, nodding toward the bump. It isn't moving. Laura didn't say anything more. She kept on looking, and she saw that bump was a covered wagon. Slowly, it grew bigger. She saw that no horses were hitched to it. Nothing moved. There was nothing around it. Then she saw something dark in front of it. The dark thing was two people sitting on the wagon tongue. There was a man and a woman, and they sat looking down at their feet, and they moved only their heads to look up when Pete and Patty stopped in front of them. 
What's wrong? Where's your horses? Pa asked. I don't know, said the man. I tied them to the wagon last night, and this morning they were gone. Somebody cut the ropes and took them away in the night. What, what about your dog? said Pa. We haven't got a dog, the man said. Jack stayed under the wagon. He didn't growl, but he didn't come out. He was a sensible dog and knew what to do when he met strangers. Well, your horses are gone, Pa told them. Told the men, you'll never see them again. Hanging, hanging's too good for horse thieves. Yes, said the man. Pa looked at Ma, and Ma barely nodded. Then Pa said, come ride with us to Independence. No, the man said, all we've got is in this wagon, and we won't leave it. Why, man, what will you do? Pa exclaimed. There may be nobody along here for days or weeks. You can't stay here. I don't know, the man said. Well, we'll stay with our wagon, said the woman. And she looked down at her hands, clasped in her lap, and Laura couldn't see her face. She could only see the side of her sunbonnet. Better come, Pa told them. You can come back for your wagon. No, the woman said. They wouldn't leave the wagon. Everything they owned was in the world was in it. So, at last, Pa drove on, leaving them sitting on the wagon tongue all alone on the prairie. Pa muttered to himself, Tender feet, everything they own, and no dog to watch it. Don't keep watch himself, and tied his horses with ropes. Pa snorted, tender feet, he said again. Shouldn't be allowed west of the Mississippi. But, Charles, whatever will become of them, Ma asked. There are soldiers at Independence, said Pa. I'll tell the captain, and he'll send men out to bring them in. They can't hold out that long. But it's darned lucky for them that we came by. If we hadn't, there's no telling when they would have been found. Laura watched that lonely wagon until it was only a lump on the prairie, and then it was a speck, then it was gone. All the rest of that day, Pa drove on and on. They didn't see anybody else. The sun was setting, and Pa stopped by a well. A house had once been there, but it, it was burned. The well had plenty of good water, and Laura and Mary gathered bits of half-burnt wood to make the fire while Pa unhitched and watered the horses and put them on picket lines. Then Pa took a seat down from the wagon and lifted out the food box. The fire burned beautifully, and Ma quickly got the su got supper. Everything was just as it used to be before they built the house. Pa and Ma and Carrie were on the wagon seat, and Laura and Mary sat on the wagon tongue, and they ate a good supper, hot from the campfire. Pete and Patty and Bunny munched the good grass, and Laura saved bits for Jack, who mustn't beg, uh, but could eat his fill as soon as supper was over. Then the sun went down far into the west, and it was time to make camp for the night. Pa chained Pete and Patty to the feed box at the end of the wagon, and he chained Bunny to the other side, and he fed them all their supper for of corn 
and then sat by the fire and smoked his pipe while Ma tucked Mary and Laura into bed and laid Carrie beside, baby Carrie beside them. She sat down beside Pa at the fire, and Pa took out his fiddle out of the box and began to play. Oh, Susanna, don't you cry for me. The fiddle wailed, and Pa began to sing. I went to California with my washpan on my knee, and every time I thought of home, I wished it wasn't me. Do you know, Caroline, Pa stopped singing to say, I've been thinking what fun the rabbits will have eating that garden we've planted. Don't, Charles, said Pa. Never mind, Caroline, Pa told her. We'll make a better garden. Anyway, we're taking more out of t Indian territory than we took in. I don't know what, Ma, Ma said, and Pa answered. Why, there's a mule? And then Ma laughed, and Pa and the fiddle began to sing again. In Dixieland, I'll take my stand and live and die in Dixie. Away, 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 away down south in Dixie. They sang with a little, with a lit and a swing that almost lifted Laura straight out of bed. She, she must lie still and not wake Carrie. Mary was sleeping too, but Laura had never been wider awake. She heard Jack making his bed under the wagon, and he turned round and round, trampling down the grass, and he curled into that round nest with a flop and a sigh of satisfa satisfaction. Pete and Batty were munching the last of their corn, and their chains rattled. Bunny lay down beside the wagon. They were all together, safe and comfortable for the night, under the wide starlit sky. Once more the covered wagon was home. The fiddle began to play a marching tune, and Pa's clear voice was singing like a deep-toned bell. And we'll rally round the flag, boys, we'll rally once again, shouting the cry of battle freedom. Laura felt that she must shout too, but softly Ma looked through the round hole in the covered wagon. Charles, Ma said, Laura is wide awake. She can't go to sleep with such music as that. Pa didn't answer, but the voice of the fiddle changed. Softly and surlingly began long, swinging rhythm that seemed to rock Laura gently. She felt her eyelids closing. She began to drift over the endless waves of the prairie grass, and Pa's voice went with her, singing, Row away, row away, the water is so blue. Like feathers we sail in our gum tree canoe. Row the boat lightly, love over the sea. Daily and nightly I'll wander with thee. Well, boys, that's the that's the end of the Little House on the Prairie book. I hope you sleep really well. I love you. Good night. <laughs>